0: Back into Believe in the Wolfpack today. Gonna get into some ACC play preview with you know the ACC conference play starting up soon for the men's and women's teams, and by soon, I mean tomorrow <laughs> for the men's team. Um, mostly today is gonna be talking about the men's team and their path to make the tournament because honestly, looking at the women's team, their biggest tests are behind them <laughs> with UConn. And Colorado, and they both passed those with flying colors, <laughs> beating UConn unranked, beating Colorado by nearly twenty. When when I think they were fourteen or they were ten, and Colorado was three. So the biggest tests are behind them. Will they drop a game in ACC play? Maybe, but I don't see them dropping more than one. So if even if you lose one game, the worst that the Pack women's team is going to be is a two seed, maybe, probably a one seed, and the whole bracketology, which I'm going to get into, I, they're still a top seed. Not much has changed yet so far with women's basketball. With conference play, we may see more of a, sh- you know, kind of a shake up in it, but for the most part, it feels like the last few years, whoever is at the top remains at the top until they play each other, either in the conference tournaments or in the tournament itself. So with that, Going into the Wolfpack men's team. Uh I was looking at their, you know, numbers and stuff today and how ESPN they always put out the bracketology, which is pretty much who would be in it. I think it's more so projections. Cause I don't think it's, you know, who would be in it if the season ended today. From now until selection Sunday, we'll keep you updated postseason chances and projection of your favorite team. So yeah, it is a projection of down the line, you know, who's going to be what seed, who's going to be the last team in, who's going to be the top overall seed, yada 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 stuff like that and what not. Because I think North Carolina was higher than what they should have been. Yeah, you know, like Tennessee, well Tennessee is I think 5th now in the country. But yeah, so it's all projections. So right now, NC State is not projected to make the tournament according to the bracketology on ESPN, which it's been wrong before. I don't see why it's not going to be wrong again. <laughs> but as of right now, they're projected not to make the NCAA tournament. They sit at 9-3 and three right now. So they made it last year as an 11 seed. Lost to, uh, wow, I'm drawing. I get lost to Creighton. Just for whatever reason, I saw Georgetown in my head. I knew Creighton was a 6 seed. I knew NC State was the 11 seed. But for whatever reason. I just thought, yeah, it yeah, lost to Georgetown. And I'm thinking, no, <laughs> that can't be right. Georgetown hasn't been good in oh, such a long time, which is a shame. Georgetown is, you know, maybe not the one of the big-time blue blood programs, but it feels like they've been good for a very long time outside of the last eight years. So it is a shame. I'd like to see them make a comeback just because, you know, Georgetown's fun when they're good at basketball. Um, but no, they lost to Creighton. <laughs> Back to the main point: lost to Creighton when Wolfpack. They were the 11th seed. Creighton was the 6th seed, lost in the first round. But here are some numbers. So they made it last year as an 11th seed. Last year they finished the year 23 and 11, 12 and 8 in conference play. Only with only with two top 25 wins on the year against number 16 Duke. Beat them. Easily 84 to 60 last year, and then beat Miami 83 to 81. Both of them were the 16th seed. So, I guess, you know, I think if, if you're the 16th seed, which I think Clemson is right now, and you got to play the Wolfpack, look out. Yeah, Clemson's a 16th seed or, or a 16th in the country. I don't know why I'm saying seed. I'm still thinking 20. Um, But if they're still 16th come February 17th, look out. <laughs> just just you know just be just be wary, just just take note, um but yeah, both of their top twenty five wins were against the sixteenth ranked team in the country, and that was their only top twenty five wins those two were their only top twenty five wins of the year they lost in uh the quarterfinals of the a c c tournament to to Clemson, eighty to fifty four but then. Made the tourney as an 11 seed. They were the sixth seed in the ACC tournament. They finished sixth in the ACC for just the overall standings and still made the tournament. And then even on the, the, the ESPN Bracketology, I think it only has four ACC teams. Yeah, it only has four ACC teams in the tournament right now. And NC State is not one of them right now. They're they're third in the ACC. There's a lot of game. There's a lot of games left to be played. There's a lot of time in the season. I'm not penciling them in as oh cool. We're going to finish third right now. But I think if they go and this is this, I expect them to be better this year than 23 and 11 with a 12 and 8 conference record. They're one 0 right now in conference play. And you know, I could be talking crazy, but we don't really know where we stand right now or where really anybody stands in the acc i mean you know we can all think okay north carolina they're much better this year than they were last year even though they they were projected to be so much better last year but they really weren't um after that kind of almost maybe not cinderella but somewhat of a cinderella torny run two years ago when they you know (laughs) got coach k to retire (laughs) but uh Uh, Yeah, so they're much better this year. I'm kind of, you know, thinking they're going to be much tougher. And then Miami's always good. Like, we don't really know where anybody stands in the ACC. Duke has been hot and cold. They started off, you know, top five, and then they fell, and now they're kind of back, and now they're kind of down. So you never really know. Uh, These next two weeks, I think we're going to learn a lot about the ACC and kind of where everybody starts to stand so just over these next, you know, few games, let's see, like let's see who NC State match, matches up. So we have Notre Dame tomorrow. That's the first real. Well, I mean, we played Boston College earlier in the year, but in you know the full tournament play, the rest of the year, it's Notre Dame, and then Virginia on Saturday, and next Wednesday, next Wednesday is at home against North Carolina, and that's where I think. NC State could really give themselves, you know, just 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 great chance a great chance to make the tournament and really solidify themselves as a threat in the country because that's a home game, somewhat early in conference play. Yeah, North Carolina's top ten. Yeah, NC State isn't ranked. There, there, there. We're nine and three, but that's an ESPN game at eight o'clock at home. It's a home game. Because then we played North Carolina late in the year. Don't play them until March 2nd. This is the first, I guess, the second big test, but the first real ACC big test uh, for NC State coming up. That could be the game, especially if they can win that game. And that's very early. It's January 10th. It's only in January. Still got the rest of the month, February, March. You still you got plenty of time to just keep adding on to your case on why you should be in the tournament and why you should be one of the top, I don't know, top 10, top nine seeds in the tournament. I mean, even if that game is, you know, a a dogfight, even if it's a really close game, it's back and forth the entire time, which I think it will be, I, you know, surely hope it will be. (laughs) I, I, I think that is a big spot for NC State to really set the tone for the rest of the year. Because if you look at it right now, yeah, the standings could change. Yeah, maybe Miami jumps up. Yeah, maybe Pitt's, Pitt jumps up. They're playing North Carolina as I'm recording this. But as of right now, they're after this North Carolina game next Wednesday, um, their next ranked matchup isn't until the Clemson game that I mentioned in February. So... Yeah, they, it, it, as many games as they win against, you know, non-ranked conference opponents, those are all good wins because it's still conference opponents. But if you lose a few games here and there, that's going to hurt your case a lot more than winning those games is going to help you. Because you're going to see, oh, they beat, you know, a non-ranked opponent. They should have if they want to be considered good, if they want to be considered great. But if you lose to Virginia Tech, if you lose to Syracuse, who has been good Has i think they're playing duke right now actually as i'm recording this as well they're not going to be an easy beat miami's not going to be an easy game not many of these are going to be real easy games when you look at it but if so if they drop one of these games then it's kind of like hey i mean why should we take them seriously they they would have to do a lot to you know win me back and and make me consider them for the tournament <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's just so I think that North Carolina game, even just to get it close, even just to have it close. The Miami game last year went into overtime. What was it? A- 83 to 81, like I said, but that went into overtime. That's an overtime win. You go into overtime with North Carolina. You squeak out a win. You lose on even lose on a buzzer, but would be heartbreaking. Good God. But when you're looking at it on paper, it's an unranked opponent against right now a top 10 team. So I'm just really thinking that could be the game where really catapults NC state up to, okay, they're legit. They should be in the tournament. No doubt about it, but that, where was I? So last year at this time, pretty much in the same situation, nine and three, right around the same time of the year. They, it, we played more games last year. I think we were, cause I was going for the first 12 games as opposed to you know the actual date itself. I'm recording this January 2nd and by the 30th I think they played what is that? I think they played 3 4 more games. So going to be a much more maybe not much more but it's going to be a more loaded schedule uh uh down the stretch cuz yeah, I guess we started conference play a little earlier as well it looks like. But anyway, you go 9 and 3, start off 9 and 3. That's great. That's fantastic if you can finish the year with under 10 losses and last year was uh, you know it was it felt like a different year for college basketball teams were losing top teams were losing every week it felt like yeah Purdue was pretty consistently number one I want to say but for the most part there was a ton of teams that you could can that you could say are the real number one seed or the real best team in the country so, I don't know if that's going to really, you know, hold true here. But, I mean, Arizona just lost. Purdue's back to number one. Kansas is still sniffing around in there. Tennessee's five, like I said. So, good for them. Volunteers really moving up. Um, if anything, losing to them by nine may be beneficial to the pack. That's a, they're fifth. Lost to them by nine. And we're, it was a tie ball game with about five minutes left, four minutes left. We you're in that game. That should give you confidence the rest of the way, thinking, all right, if we can hang with, you know, this team that they consider to be a top five team in the country, then we can hang with anybody. We can, you know, we can pull out a win. And, and they, and I think, you know, Coach Keats and everybody, DJ Horn, Royce Burns, I think everybody would tell you like, hey, we could have played better. We should have won that game. There were some shots that we missed. There were some sloppy actions, some sloppy plays, just overall possessions that didn't go our way that we want to have back that, you know, we think that we can win that game again. And I mean, they could have, but whatever. That's in the past. Again, you finished sixth in the ACC last year. It looks a little more competitive this year just because, you know, North Carolina is is back to you know looking much better looking like a real threat to 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 win the tournament. Uh Syracuse is always good. They're good again this year. You got to shoot for you got to shoot for a top 5 ACC finish. I think if you make the quarterfinals in the in the ACC conference tournament that should be that should be the very lowest bar. That you shoot for. That should be the lowest expectation that you have is all right, we got to make the quarterfinals, which is pretty much if all goes well, you win, you get that initial buy in the ACC tournament, and then you have one game in the second round, and then it's the quarterfinals. You should want to be playing. You should plan on playing in the semifinals or the championship. I, I, quarterfinals should be the absolute bare minimum. And even if you get to the quarterfinals, you should tell yourself, hey, we. We should have. We should have moved on. We should have won that game. We should have won that quarterfinal game. We should have moved on one more to really, you know, just 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 make a, a stronger case to make the tournament. Because right now, I was looking at bracketology. I've been looking at it every week that it's out. Comes out every Tuesday. NC State really hasn't been on there. I, maybe the first week, maybe. But last few weeks, Wolfpack has been left off the list every single time. And, yeah, I mean, they could be off the list the entire year. They The ESPN Bracketology, could ne- they could never put NC State on there as long as they make the actual tournament. Then it's like, whatever, who cares? But you don't really want to rely on that because then it's like, okay, you don't really know where you stand until the end. And, yeah, there's going to be different people that say, oh, they should absolutely make it. You know, this is a good team. They should be at Tennessee. They should be 11, whatever but you you need to back it up you can't just coast you can't just you know barely squeak by wins against ACC opponents and hope like oh you know we're we're NC State we beat our you know we're sixth we're seventh we have a winning record a winning conference record we should make it no no no, no. you can't skate by with that you got to prove it you got to beat the top you got to beat some top teams got to beat some top teams even if it's You know, even if it's a convincing win over Syracuse or Miami who isn't ranked now or at the time you play them. If it's a convincing win, if it's a 20-point win, a 15-point win, or, you know, a a 7-point win, but you play great defense, I could swing them as well. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into, you know, looking ahead. Maybe maybe I'm looking too far ahead because even then at the beginning I did say we're going to learn a lot about uh, the ACC as a whole and this Wolfpack team over these next two weeks because of conference play starting up, but also what am I going to do? Not overreact and not worry. I mean, come on. I'm going to be calm, cool, and collected. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) Uh, that's not going to happen until, you know, I know for certain that they're in the tournament and then I'm going to go right back to being nervous and overthinking and worried about every single game coming up. So (laughs) uh you know, new year. What what, what Lamelo say? Lamelo Lamelo boy said, "New year, new me. Same me though. Same me though. We're gonna take a short break when we come back, and get into some more kind of what the men's team has to do to, like I said, give them a strong case to make the tournament, and then also gonna go over some college football playoff stuff. Um, I went zero and two in my picks that I had. I think I." Somewhat, I was I was kind of right about Washington in Texas. If you just flip what I meant, like if if you just every time I said Texas, you you listen to me and just put Washington in, and then vice versa, I think I think it would sound a lot better. But whatever, going to get into that and those games a little bit towards the end. But for the most part. Got to cover some basketball stuff. Got to cover the ACC. Got to cover conference uh, conference play before it really gets started, like I said, tomorrow night with the first game at Notre Dame at 9 o'clock on ACC Network. So we'll be right back with more basketball. Okay, welcome back in. Going to get right back into the men's basketball team and why they may have an uphill battle to make the NCAA tournament. So I mentioned that they have that January 10th game against North Carolina coming up um and I mentioned that could be a big spot to where they could really get a win get a big top 10 win against gets a top 10 team top 25 team um because even then the next like I said next top 25 game wouldn't be until they play Clemson but once that Clemson game gets here they that's that's one of their last what is that last seven games yeah one of their last seven games first of the last seven After after Clemson, it goes Syracuse, Boston College, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, and Pitt. you got to play at North Carolina, March 2nd, home against Duke, March 4th, and then to close out the year at Pitt. That's a tough close, especially back-to-back with North Carolina and Duke. That's tough. That's that's a tough schedule. So you, you may need... I don't know. It's going to be tough going back to back. You got to pick up at least one or two top 25 wins along the way. You got to pull off some kind of an upset. You can't just roll over and, and give up only bad losses. It's not going to work like that. And again, we don't really know where these teams stand. Even then, some of the players are still kind of, you know, really trying to find their roles like Cam Woods and MJ Rice. If those guys can, over these next two weeks, really – Make themselves comfortable in this team, in this offense and defense and whatnot, and really solidify their their role and position. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be great. But we still have time. It's going to be a long. <laughs> it's going to be a long season. Every game is important from here on out, pretty much. Uh, I mean, the whole we got to go one and no mindset. You use it a lot for football, but. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to use here. It's just conference game after conference game until March. So you just got to go 1-0 in your conference. So you just got to keep that winning record. You just got to keep a winning record in your conference. Because last year, the standings, like I said, North Carolina was 7th where NC State was 6th. Syracuse was 8th. Wake Forest. Those are three teams right there that I think should be better uh, than what they were last year. So, I mean... I don't know. I'm really – I'm, I'm <laughs> again, I'm probably thinking too much into this and thinking too far down the line. But every time I see the bracketology where it's like, ah, not yet, not in it just yet, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Oh, man. But I did just see that uh, Tennessee was beating the brakes off of, I think it was Norfolk State. So that makes sense. Uh, check another f- – few live scores before we get into football. North Carolina leads Pitt by nine there in the second half. Purdue is up big against Maryland in the second half. UConn is beating DePaul by 28 in the second half. I think they're going to be okay. And then, yeah, Tennessee's up by 25 against Norfolk State. Syracuse and Duke, they haven't started yet, but they do play uh, nine o'clock. Tonight on ESPN. So by the time you hear this, you'll know the result of that. And if Syracuse pulls off the upset, good for them. <laughs> uh, but best case scenario is that every team in the ACC somehow goes uh winless and NC State just cruises to an ACC tournament victory. That goes back to my whole thing about I don't really like, yeah, close games are cool whenever I'm a neutral fan. Like if I'm watching, I don't know. I'm watching Villanova play Creighton. Like, I want to see a good game there. Or villanova and UConn, whatever. I, I want to see a good game there. I want to see a you know, hard-fought game. you know, Big buckets back and forth. If it's NC State playing North Carolina or Duke, I, I want us to win by a 1,000. I don't want to miss a shot. I don't want them to make a shot. I'd much rather see a blowout than a close game. Anybody who says otherwise is crazy to me. But, hey, eh, you know, we all have our opinions. What are you going to do? All right, uh, moving on to college football and the college football playoff. Washington took down Texas in the Sugar Bowl. For whatever reason, I kept thinking it was the uh, Cotton Bowl or the other one. can't remember the other one's name. Anyway, I I kept thinking it was the Cotton Bowl. They always change it. It's annoying. And then Michigan took down Alabama in the Rose Bowl. So we're going to have a Big Ten and Pac-12. National championship. If only there was a big bowl game that the Big Ten plays the Pac-12 in that the BCS game. (laughs) It all goes back, you know. Could have just could have just been the Rose Bowl. We could just have it at the Rose Bowl again. Just have the whole parade set up. Have it at five o'clock. You can get the sunset in. Get all the roses back again. Get that B two bomber flying over. Also the picture every year of. Overhead, where you got like even above the whatever this year is the B2 B2 bomber that flew over, and you see the Rose Bowl Stadium where it's completely split one half is red, the other is all yellow for Alabama and Michigan. It's the best picture every single year. It is the best picture taken. You'll see the stuff. Oh, what's the best picture of 2023? What's the best picture? Oh, happy new year, by the way. What's the best picture of 2023? What's the best picture of 2023? It's always the Rose Bowl picture, it is always that. It is always either the last picture taken of the year because it was on December 31st, or it's the best picture for the next year because it was taken on January 1st. Um, But back to the games. I said Alabama and Texas were going to win. My bad. (laughs) Listen, I've been wrong before. I'm going to be wrong again. Maybe I'm going to be right this time. I'm going to, I'll have a better prediction uh, for the championship in the next show, but for now, going to get into a little, just a quick little recap. Uh, Michigan and Alabama was incredible in the fourth quarter. If Alabama won on that, what would have been pretty much a walk-off uh, safety, I mean, what a, like, I, I mean, <laughs> what an end to a game for Michigan, and what an end for for, for a Big Ten team. That is that would have been hilarious. That oh, that would be ridiculous. Michigan fans would be losing it because then Harbaugh would have left immediately, and it would have been oh, it would have been just straight chaos. Which also, side note, I forgot if I already mentioned this, but how Harbaugh uh, hired a new agent who has ties with NFL teams and NFL owners—that tells you all you need to know about Harbaugh's plans after the year, whether he wins. Or loses would be would be shocked if he does not go back to the NFL. But uh, Alabama, the big story is the center not knowing how to snap the ball and that final play call where Jalen Milrow just kind of you know ran into the pile and didn't go anywhere. Um, although it seemed like a low snap and seemed like it was intended to be an RPO, I honestly don't even know if it was. I I, I think the running back was just. Going out there as a decoy because, yeah, it was a low snap. He didn't get it off cleanly, but he still caught it, you know, still caught it and had time to at least look over to the running back if he wanted to throw it out there. He didn't even look. He just got it and went. He had no second thoughts, even with the, what was it, the right guard that was pulling, and there was there was a small hole on the left side on the outside of the tackle where I don't think he even makes that jump cut and scores. I don't think he scores there. I think someone would have collapsed on him and got the tackle. Even the edge that was coming off, I think he could have just made one step and wrapped him up. Um, I don't think he scores there, but he just, he just ran right in. And honestly, like, I don't even blame Milrow that much. I think that's more on Saban and their offensive coordinator whose name is slipping my mind right now. I, man, I'm terrible with names, but <laughs> but that's you use a timeout. Michigan use the timeout. And then you use a timeout. This is the last play of the game, last play of the season. And that's what you come up with. You can't even have somebody, you know, a little little out, out in situation, a little slant, slant out, you know. We used to call it like a one-two-two or a one-one two. Uh, Well, you got Jalen Milrow rolling to the far side of the field so he has space to work with, saying edge rushers, just running right at him. He can outrun him, or he can throw right on top of the edge rusher. Just get that quick snap, boom, roll to the left. Don't even do a play action. Just roll to the left. Bring your linemen with you. Kind of have them run alongside with you, but continuing to pass block. If you don't want your running back running around, just have him blocking and protecting your backside. So you pretty much have two blindside guys with your would-be would right tackle since you're rolling to the left. And then the running back. Have him rolling out. Have a few guys running routes. So there you at least have an option. If he wanted to throw the ball, which he did not do well all night, or he can just run it in, try and fight to the pylon. Why are you sending him right up the gut when they got, what was it? They had like seven down linemen and then the two three linebackers right there and you don't audible out of it and you don't, you know, try to do something else. That's what you came up with after a timeout it was a QB draw right up the middle. I said to my buddy, I was watching. It, I was like, they're going to, they're, they're not going to throw the ball here. They don't trust him. And that's exactly what happened. I just don't think that Saban trusted Milrow. I I really just think he did not trust him to throw the ball or to, you know, make another play. I think he just wanted him to, you know, I just think he wanted to trust his big guys up front and play. We have, you know, we have better recruits. We're better than you up front. We give out more money to these linemen and our quarterback. We're going to beat you here. And they did not. And it failed. And it was not the best play call. I would not be surprised if Milrow enters the portal (laughs) There's still a few QBs out there. The uh, Malachi Holmes, I think his name is, from USC. He's still looking around for a team. If he waits any longer, maybe Milrow enters the portal. And then Alabama, that spot really opens up. Because the two guys behind Milrow, they played in that game after Texas and didn't really show much. That's kind of how Milrow won his job back. I, it just looked like, it, it looked like a play to me that Saban didn't trust uh, Jalen Milrow to – to make a play and even then i get it you know you can't bring the, the entire game down to one play the offensive line was terrible for alabama there was like five sacks on milro in the first half and and you know he fumbled the ball the pass game wasn't really there the defense could have done eh, whatever anyone everyone's gonna remember that last play everyone's gonna remember why did they do that why'd they call a timeout just to call a vat? even then, like I said, I get it. The snap was a bit low, and Milro looked like he kind of slipped. Even if he didn't slip, I don't think he scores there because they were still from the four- or five-yard line. And he never looked to throw it out to his running back, who probably would have scored. I think it was the two receivers out there, and then the, 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 the two defensive backs matched up on him, and no one – really followed the running back, if I'm remembering correctly. Could have dumped it out there, just had, boom, two wide receivers, and you hope that your running back, if your receiver can't block, you hope your running back can at least shed a block from a safety or a corner and fall into the end zone, but nah, whatever. Michigan wins, they move on. They move on with their great running game, and their just phenomenal defense. I'm not going to take anything away from Michigan. Their defense played very well that game. McCarthy, he looked okay, but Blake Coram was Awesome. That last run from Blake Corn to score in overtime, that was incredible. That little jump cut that he had and breaking a few tackles and just rumbling his way, that was awesome. Uh great Rose Bowl. I love the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is it's right there with the Super Bowl for me. I mean, it's awesome. I love the Rose Bowl. Um but moving on to the Sugar Bowl with Washington and Texas. Again, I was kind of right, but kind of not. <laughs> Whatever. The the Texas defense their run defense showed up. The pass defense did not because Michael Penix was incredible. Four hundred passing yards. He only had the two passing touchdowns, but Adunze and the other guys and and it just Penix can throw the ball. Yeah, he's got it's oof, things like a bullet. He had the one right over the middle to ooh, I forget those. I'm, like I said, I'm terrible with names. Let me just pull it up. Um, but he had the one where the guy in the slot was going on that uh going on that post right over the middle and he split the two safeties. Oof, that was just a dart. It was beautiful. But uh uh yeah Penix was incredible. I I I I I think I I didn't doubt Michael Penix, I think, but I may I just didn't think he was gonna have uh a performance like like that. Like that was <laughs> that was crazy (laughs) that was that was wild and he and Texas even then like I said Quinn Ewers didn't look that great not his strongest game they almost put Arch Manning in there which would have been would have been a story (laughs) that would have been unbelievable um but then even then towards the end it looked like Washington just almost didn't want to win when they ran that kind of double reverse pass trick play thing they just almost gave it away, and then the guy got injured, which you can't really help. You know, guys get injured all the time. Then you ran into the punt returner, gave them an extra 10 yards, 15 yards, Then the big completion downfield. And then Texas just completely choked. So it was kind of back and forth of who wants to, you know, who wants to lose this game more because Texas, they marched down there. They had plenty of time. They were inside the 20, inside the 15, taking shots in the end zone. They just never got anything. Never got anything clean in the end zone. There was never a real attempt. The last the last throw from Ewers, uh, wasn't bad, but it was a great play by the defensive back. If anything, it probably should have been a bit earlier. It was one on one coverage, so I mean, that's that's, you know, this is as well as you can ask for late in the game like that. But I mean, still i uh i don't know it was a weird game towards the end the The first half was awesome and again michael pennix throws a beautiful ball he's he should be i get it that he's 24 already and he had the injury history and his throwing motion takes too long i think is another you know critique of him i don't care that dude can throw the ball get him in the first round of the draft get him to a team where he's gonna you know just he can showcase what he can do it would be great but like I said we'll, I'll get to my championship prediction that I'm sure will be correct I gotta I gotta get it back I gotta get it back one oh and two let me, let me at least go one and one on Monday uh I'll have that in the next episode coming later this week hoping that NC State can pick up you know a, a nice start tomorrow uh, against Notre Dame in this tournament play the rest of the year can just really set the tone uh, and try to cement themselves as a top-tier team in the ACC. So thank you for joining me, uh, and we'll see you next time on Believe in the Fact.